Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and return Peace Corps volunteers. Do you have a Halloween Peace Corps story? If so, I would love to hear it. Maybe you tried to explain Halloween to host country nationals while you were serving, and they just didn't understand why we would dress up and go around house to house asking for candy. Or maybe the country you served in had a similar tradition or something completely different around October 31st. Either way, I want to hear your stories. I'm putting together a thematic episode all about Halloween. If you have a story, please share with me by calling 646-883-9189. And if you need the number, it's much easier just to go to mypeacecourtstory.com and you'll see it over on the right-hand side. On today's episode, I talked to Cindy Handel, who served in Uganda from 2014 to 2016 as a community economic and development slash agribusiness volunteer, working with Feed the Future. We talk about her service and her reasons for joining the Peace Corps, what she experienced while in Uganda, and some of the misconceptions that Americans might have about the country she served in. Without further delay, here is her story. This is this is this is this is my my Peace Corps Peace Corps my Peace Corps my Peace Corps story story story. My name is Cindy Handel, and this is my Peace Corps story. Hey, Cindy, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. Very excited to talk with you today. I would just like to start off by you introducing yourself, tell everybody where you served, what you did, and anything else that they should know about you before we get into your Peace Corps story. Thanks, Tyler. It's always nice to meet another fellow return Peace Corps volunteer, firstly, and thanks for the opportunity. My name is Cindy Handel, and I served in Uganda, East Africa, uh, from June 2014 to September 2016 as an agribusiness advisor. And basically what I did is I worked out with the rural farmers, teaching financial literacy and trying to help them with getting approved for grants, loans, and other financial tools needed to grow and expand their farming business. Mm-hmm. And, and what were they growing in your region of Uganda? The cash crop would be coffee. So that was the more of the target for our farmers that we were working with. Mm-hmm. But they were also growing maize, matoke, which is a type of plantain or banana, and beans. Okay. And then can you just share a little bit about Uganda uh, with with everybody who's listening? You know, what what's Uganda like? So Uganda is often noted as to be the, the pearl of Africa. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. And I don't think people really understand how dynamic Africa can be, uh, especially the country Uganda. Because in the northwest of Uganda, there's actually the Renzori Mountains, which are snow-capped mountains with glaciers. 
and it's bordering the Congo. And then in the central of Uganda, you have the source of the Nile River, which flows north. And in the east of Uganda, where I was living, it's a very tropical, lush, uh, mountainous region with many beautiful waterfalls. And uh, the people of Uganda in general, all across the board, are just wonderful, very communal, very helpful, very friendly. And uh, it was a British colony, so English is the spoken national language. But they have many, many, many languages spoken in Uganda because of all the tribes. Mm -hmm. So it's a very dynamic, very culturally diverse country. And it was an amazing experience living there for two and a half years. Of those amazing experiences, do you have a favorite Peace Corps memory that comes to mind? Or a few. You can share as many as you would like. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that was really interesting to me about the people is that they have very long hellos. So whenever you go for a meeting, you sit down and each person stands up and introduces themselves uh, with their name and what they do. And maybe they list off their children and all of their other family members. And it's a very long, long drawn out process just for introductions. But when they say goodbye, um, oftentimes it's just two seconds goodbye and you walk away. And one experience I had was working with a group of farmers. We did a, a financial training and we had been working with them a few times before. So they had gotten to know me and they were giving a very extended goodbye on this particular afternoon. And I couldn't figure out why. And eventually I looked down the road and I saw that one of the, the female farmers she had left went down to her, her farmland, had cut down a bunch of bananas and was carrying them up the road on her head and wanted to make sure that they gave me a bunch of bananas before I left that day. So it was very sweet just to uh, just to have those small touching moments with people. Yeah, and that's that's interesting that you you know you pick that memory that you know is this one tiny little instance. And for a lot of volunteers, that's that's the the best. Those are the best memories. Those feelings of uh, just connecting to people and those one-off instances rather than in these big, you know, epic stories. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's the simple things that make the most impact. Absolutely, yeah. And then you uh, shared another story with me uh, about uh, the boy dancing that I really enjoyed. Uh, can, can you share that with us? Yeah, whenever I would walk home from work, I would often pass my neighbor's house and uh, people were busy doing things about their, their home. And sometimes they would notice you walking down the road and other times they would just continue on with what they were doing. And one day I was walking and I noticed that my neighbor boy was dancing in front of his house on the front stoop. And he didn't see me walking down the road, but he had this small radio battery operated with the antenna pointed all the way up trying to get the best reception he could from this mountainous rural village that we were living in. And he was really just dancing so much and he was completely alone. No one else was around the home or on the street at that time. And it was so such a special moment because as I walked up, he turned and noticed that I was watching him and gave this big boyish sort of grin and uh, blushed and kind of turned his head down, but kept dancing and almost did a half spin and danced a little bit more. Uh, it was just such a sweet moment because he didn't stop dancing. And just the idea that 
we often hear dance like no one is watching you. And he really was dancing like no one was watching him, even after he noticed that I was around in front of the home. So that was a really special moment. Yeah. And then opposite of your favorite memories, um, do you have a, a least favorite memory? And I really want to hear more about the the one that you had previously written to me about, the, the mob justice. Yes, in Uganda, the first I should mention that the police uh, system is not very efficient. Uh, police are often corrupt or they lack the means to really uh, implement or f- abide by any laws. Also, there's not a efficient system in place for trials or for uh, getting some sort of justice. So mob justice is often uh, the case that you'll see in Uganda, which means that if someone is accused of committing a crime, the community will come together at a very quick uh, pace and decide if that person is at fault or not. And it can happen within 30 seconds to 60 seconds. And as soon as the group decides that this person has committed a crime uh, that is very bad, it could be theft or assault, anything, they'll then attack the person who's accused. And uh, early on in my service, I was riding in a vehicle with a Ugandan partner through our organization and he was driving and we came down this road where there's a huge group of people and once we got closer to the center of what was happening we came across this man who was brutally beaten and naked and laying in the road and uh, it really wasn't a good scene at all and I just remember being so uh, impacted or so overwhelmed with this feeling of, wow, I'm, I'm not at home anymore. It's, I think, the moment when I really realized just how different my life was going to be uh, while serving in the Peace Corps. And I don't know what it was that the man did. Uh, I asked uh, my partner that I was working with, and he said that It may have been that he stole something or assaulted someone, um, but it was all just rumors at that point. And just to see someone so brutally beaten and laying in the street and to know that there's no system for justice or for really vetting whether or not it was a true crime. And it just, uh, it really broke my heart. So Mm -hmm. it's really an emotional experience. Well, thank you for sharing that with us uh, and, and opening up about that experience. In what other ways um, were you challenged and how was your you know, service difficult as, as a volunteer in Uganda? I think the, the difficulty will be the cultural misunderstandings. It, you're really trying to get used to a, a completely different way of living and thinking and the idea that we have resources available, um, it's, it's not necessarily there in Uganda. And I guess the best example I could use would be the idea that when we're talking about crimes or accidents or things that can go wrong, 
people will often say, well, you can get in a car accident anywhere. It doesn't matter if it, if you're in the U.S. or if you're in Africa or wherever. And my response is, yes, that's true. You can have bad things happen anywhere in the world. It's not special to what country you're in. But the thing about living in a country that's underdeveloped or developing is that they may not have the resources such as emergency response. There's no 911. There's no uh, police service for you to contact if you need help or if you need support. So you really are relying so much on your community members. You're relying on your neighbors and your friends and your colleagues in times of need. And uh, that's a huge struggle because it it really does take away your independence. And as an American, I was raised to be very independent and self-sufficient. And the only reason why, or the only way that that independence would work is if we have resources and living in a country where those resources aren't readily available and uh, your rights really are not strongly protected through a, a government or a system, it, it creates a lot of challenges. You can definitely say that, you know, that lack of, I guess, resources is not something that you miss about Peace Corps, but what is something that you do miss about your service and time in Uganda? I definitely miss uh, that communal society. It's It poses challenges, uh, but being a communal society means that you're never alone, and I do miss how when you're in Uganda, if you have to go somewhere and it takes you 10 minutes to walk there, you better plan an hour to get there because you're going to have to stop and greet 10 to 15 people on the way. And it's such a important way to live because it really helps you feel connected to other human beings. And I think uh, that's something that I really miss. I miss how it's so normal and so expected for you to greet and say hello and build relationships with people who you pass by. Whereas in the U.S., sometimes if you walk up to a stranger and say hello or strike up a conversation, they might look at you like you're crazy. Or uh, in certain situations, I've gone up to someone and was very friendly and saying hello. And uh, they said, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. (laughs) And I have to remind them that, no, we've never actually met. I just wanted to say hello to you. So it's just, uh, it's something that's very special and unique in Uganda that you have so many passing uh, conversations and friendships. Uh, It's really just that communal society and that community bond that's developed there is something to really miss. Mm -hmm. And have you been able to bring that back to your life in the U.S. now? I mean, you've been back for almost, almost a year. This month will make it a year. Yes. Yeah, I definitely have. I've been making a point to reach out and talk with people. I did uh, do a number of different presentations about my Peace Corps experience and and share my life and some photos with either schools or uh, an organization if they were interested. And I think just having that that relationship uh, mentality or that experience uh, has made me more aware of how important it is to reach out to people and to build bonds and uh, to make the effort to develop relationships. Mm -hmm. And is there something else that you learned in Peace Corps that has stayed with you? 
Yeah, I think patience is really important. Um, I definitely, being an accountant, I was definitely a task-oriented person prior to the Peace Corps, and I was very interested in getting things done at all costs and um, being very regiment and timely. And living in Uganda, I realized that time is out the window, for starters, and being able to do anything at any time um, without first having a meeting or consulting or uh, organizing members from the community, it's, it's not feasible. So I think learning to have patience and really take your time to understand where people are coming from and understand what the issues are that they are facing and understand the why before creating a plan I think is so important, uh, especially if you want to make impact or a sustainable change. And I think the thing that I really took away from the way that Ugandan people work is that they really value the relationship so much so that they will state to you that I'm not interested in um, having a successful project if it means that we're going to lose friendships. No, I think that's something that's very important that we often, you know, lose sight of the things that really matter, those relationships when we're, we're working towards something. And, you know, I think definitely now, uh, more, more than ever, it would behoove us to focus on those relationships as, as, as we work together and not, not to sacrifice them uh, in the process. And then, I mean, right, right now, uh, you're, you're only talking to me, but when this goes out, you'll be talking to hundreds, if not thousands of people. So you have a, a captive audience at this very moment. Is there something else that you would like to share about your service, a story, antidote? Um, the, the floor is yours. Sure. To anyone who's interested in serving in the Peace Corps, I would definitely say it's a serious commitment and something not to be considered lightly but also that it will be life-changing. And it's all about attitude, and it's all about uh, taking the best of the experience that you can. And serving in the Peace Corps gives you an opportunity to really grow on a personal level, but also to have a, a greater understanding of the world. And it's something that I would recommend to many people. One thing that's really interesting about the Peace Corps that I wasn't aware of until I began the application process is that you actually get a brand new passport. Mm -hmm. So I had two passports while I was serving in the Peace Corps. One was my private one, and the other one was issued directly from the Peace Corps. And the visa that I received for Uganda has me listed as an ambassador to the U.S., you're working through the U.S. Embassy, and we're told not to speak about politics and not to speak about religion and to really just represent the American people. And I think that was a really amazing opportunity in and of itself because there's so much misunderstanding about what the U.S. is like and what American people are like uh, from the perspective of people living abroad and developing nations such as Uganda. Um, so much so that uh, when someone would ask me, do you have a family? And I would say, yes, I have a brother, a sister, a mom and dad. They would say, no, but do you have a family? And I'd say, yeah, I have a brother, a sister, a mom, mm -hmm. dad. And 
I said, no, have you produced? Have you produced children? I'd say, no, I have not produced children. They say, oh, well, you don't have a family. <laughs> it was really funny because you have these moments where uh, you kind of step back and you say, wow, what do you mean? I don't have a family. And it makes you really reevaluate things. And uh, also when I tell a fellow Ugandan, uh, I have five siblings. I'm one of six children. They say, oh, no, you're lying. In the U.S., you're only allowed to have two children. That can't be possible. Or um, I think the most interesting thing about being an ambassador of the U.S. and serving in the Peace Corps is you get to represent something maybe that the Ugandan people or the local people haven't seen before. So often case, uh, Peace Corps volunteers come from very privileged lives because they have the opportunity to go and essentially work for free as a volunteer for two years. Uh, you wouldn't find too many people serving uh, in the Peace Corps who came from an underprivileged home or maybe a um, low to middle income background. And in my case, I came from a lower middle class family, uh, one of six children. And it was really interesting to serve in the Peace Corps and to realize and express and share stories with the Ugandan people that surprised them. Um, they were really surprised that I wasn't a millionaire or that uh, I wasn't able to go on elaborate trips or to do a lot of things that they see the typical traveler do while they're in Uganda. Um, because if you really think about it, the only exposure that international people have to Americans are the type of Americans that can afford to go abroad to serve or to visit their country. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes that means that we're represented by missionary groups or we're represented by uh, very extravagant travelers or we're represented by uh, young I would say just graduated college, maybe wants to go out and party and have a really great time and uh, maybe become a little too drunk and have some publicly uh, embarrassing moments. Uh, that's the type of person that's representing the U.S. citizen abroad or soldiers. And to be a Peace Corps volunteer who doesn't match that that typical demographic that the international or the Ugandan is used to being exposed to really opens up their eyes and gives them an opportunity to have different conversations and to really understand and learn just how diverse the American people are. And I think that's just a beautiful thing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I know that I, uh, it was interesting for me as a volunteer because I was working with farmers as well and a lot of them didn't want to believe me when I was telling them different like techniques that they could use to say, well, you're, how do you know you're not a farmer? It's like, well, actually, I, I grew up farming. And they're like, no, there's no way. Like, you're white, you're an American, you grew up in a city. Like, mm -hmm. you, you didn't grow your own food. You guys, Americans don't do that. You know, you guys yeah. are farmers. And like, well, no, I grew up in a small town, you know, picking vegetables and planting corn and like that was my life growing up and like there's no way so but slowly <laughs> slowly they learned to, and it's like okay maybe this guy isn't isn't full of it he actually looks like he knows what he's doing so but no it, yeah it is good to to challenge them on on their perceptions of us 
And then, yeah. and I guess, you know, you've been back for a year and you've had conversations with, you know, friends and family in, in the U.S. What are some of the ill-conceived perceptions of Ugandans or, you know, often generalized just Africans because everybody just says, oh, you were in Africa. It's like, no, I happen to be in a specific country in Africa. <laughs> what are the, some of the misconceptions that uh, people have um, that, that you've experienced about Uganda? Well, I think the most common misconception is that there are lions roaming around everywhere in Africa. <laughs> so serving in Uganda and speaking with people back home uh, and explaining to them that there are rural areas, there are urban areas, and then there are national parks and zoos where the animals stay. And uh, it was, <laughs> I think that was a, a funny misconception is the idea that uh, while I was serving in the Peace Corps, um, Americans back home might have assumed that I would be in nature every day and running with the tribe every day. In actuality, there's regular people in regular cities in Uganda and in Africa, just like in the U.S. There are skyscrapers in the city, capital city of Kampala, Uganda, and there are universities. There are highly educated researchers. There are highly educated and highly motivated youth working towards huge life goals. And there are also community members who are doing a lot for each other. I think that's a huge misconception. Um, there's an idea that the U.S. and other countries are providing all of this aid to African nations and Uganda, which we are. But there is also a lot of community effort that goes into developing these projects. And there's a lot of people within Uganda who serve each other and volunteer time to each other. And it's such a standard and a norm um, that it's ingrained and built into their culture. And I don't think Americans realize just how much effort Ugandans are making to help each other and help themselves. Uh, I think oftentimes they're underappreciated or under, we're not acknowledging them as much as we should for the efforts that they make. And uh, I think there's a lot of um, maybe, I think there may be an idea by an American not all Americans, but um, a general American that uh, Ugandans are not capable of innovation, technology, and creativity. And in actuality, I've met some really, really brilliant minds and really amazing people who may or may not ever be able to meet their maximum potential just because the opportunities aren't there in their country, in their nation. But the talent and the brain power, the knowledge is there. And uh, the resources as far as human cap capacity in Uganda and the African nations is just staggering. I think what they could contribute to the global economy and to the world in general and humanity in general is just underestimated. And it just all comes down to a lack of infrastructure and resources uh, within the nations. Thank you for sharing that and dispelling some of the ill-conceived notions that we tend to have as a Western world about Africa in general. What was your driving motivation for joining the Peace Corps and becoming a Peace Corps volunteer? 
I don't know, actually. I always knew that I wanted to join the Peace Corps since college, and I'm not sure uh, what was the huge driver for me. I think it kind of compounded over time. It started with me doing Amnesty International campaigns and fundraisers uh, in college, and then serving and working with Habitat for Humanity and then volunteering on the weekends with different organizations. And I just began to realize how fulfilling and how rewarding it is to contribute to other people's happiness and to community work and community projects. And it almost became a sort of addiction. And I just knew that Peace Corps would be a life-changing experience. Um, but there wasn't one particular moment that I can say made me really want to join the Peace Corps. But I do know that I visited the Peace Corps website often. And there was a time in which I went to download one of the files off of the Peace Corps website with information. And a little window popped up on my laptop saying this file has already been, this file already exists. Do you want to replace the existing file? <laughs> And at that point, I decided, all right, well, I keep looking at this same website over and over. It's time for me to pull the trigger and fill out my application and join the Peace Corps already. Mm -hmm. And then did you, did you pick Uganda? Uh, was that the country you wanted to serve in? So when I applied, I was using the old application system. Mm -hmm. I actually applied in 2012. And I didn't choose the country. We weren't able to choose the country or the position at the time. But in my application, I did write that I was very interested in working in community economic development because my background is accounting and finance. And I wanted to make sure that I focused on the business or the finance uh, sector because I felt that's where I could contribute the most. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as being... Uh, assigned to Uganda. I was shocked and surprised when I received the invitation for Uganda. Uh, I immediately thought of the movie The Last King of Scotland and thought of Idi Amin, the butcher of Uganda. And that was in the 70s that it was very unstable and unsafe there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went online and I Google searched music videos, Uganda. <laughs> and uh, a video came up called Sit Ya Loss. And it was basically saying in the music video, no matter what happens, whatever you're going through, whatever struggles you're having, just be happy, just dance, just smile. And at that point, I realized, oh, well, this country can't be so bad after all. And it's going to be an adventure. So I'm ready for it. Now, having having served and been back, uh, would you would you do it again? Yes, I absolutely want to serve in the Peace Corps again. Um, my dream or my goal would be to serve again when I retire uh, later in life. And if possible, if uh, the stars align and I have a special someone, a husband to serve with in the future, that would be amazing. I actually did meet some Peace Corps volunteers who were doing just that. They served when they were in their 20s and 30s, and they were serving a second time in their 60s and 70s. And I just thought that was an amazing full cycle experience or full circle experience for them to have. Mm -hmm. No, I, I as well would, you know, love to be able to, to serve again, uh, you know, post-retirement and, you know, if, as you said, stars align, serve with someone else, because I serve with several people um, that 
had their significant other with them. And I was always sort of jealous of the fact that they, you know, got to have someone that they came home to that could share that experience with them at the exact same time. Yeah, yeah. I think serving as a married couple would be quite an amazing experience. What a bonding experience that would be, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely not yeah. without its difficulties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it would be yeah. a, a very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's all uh, All the questions that I have for you. Is, um, is there anything else? I mean, uh, a last chance to to add anything to uh, Cindy Handel's Peace Corps story before we, we close out uh, today's episode. Sure, maybe I can make a shameless plug. Oh, plug away. <laughs> so if anyone would like to see some photos and read some short stories from my experience in the Peace Corps, you could follow me on Instagram at Cindy Smiles, the number four, the letter U, and take a look at my photos and like and share. Yep. And then I will definitely tag you in the show notes. And when this episode comes out, if you check out the My Peace Corps Story Instagram, I'll be featuring some of Cindy's photos. So you can easily find her that way as well. But well, it, thank you, Tyler. Yeah, no problem. It has been a pleasure speaking with you today. And I uh, look forward to also uh, stocking your Instagram as well and checking out some of your photography. Thank you so much, Tyler. I appreciate it. And I wish you tons of luck. And I'm looking forward to hearing all the other Peace Corps volunteer stories. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As I said at the beginning of the show, I'm trying to put together a Halloween-themed episode. So if you or someone you know has a Peace Corps story that's about Halloween, All Saints Day, Dia de las Muertes, excuse my horrible Spanish, please uh, call the number that I provided. Once again, that number is 646 883 9189. And you can find that in the show notes if you head over to mypeacecorestory.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. Until next time, this is Tyler Lloyd with the My Peace Corps Story Podcast, wishing you the very best.